AI do with their free time, though? AI, these little squiddy robots have their own squid robot society where they're going to college and they're watching movies about, you know. Like, do you think they have their own <laughs> matrix where they, they live like humans? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're <laughs> frying my brain right now. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Art of Costume Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I am Agent Spencer Williams. Hello, everyone. Hello, Spencer. <laughs> How's your week been? You've been doing lots of exciting things. Oh, my gosh. We haven't talked in a little while, Elizabeth. It's it's been a that's true. It's been a whirlwind. We just um, you know, this is coming out in April, but we just wrapped award season. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> all that happened. The Oscars. Um, Ruth Carter won the costume design Oscar. So yeah, congratulations to the legendary Ruth Carter. She clearly deserves it. <laughs> yes, her acceptance speech was flawless as well. Yeah. And of course, everything, everywhere, all at once, just like sweeped, just like you and I predicted yes. about a year ago. And I also just uh, opened up the Fitta Museum again, yeah, uh, which yeah. everyone should go check out. It's open until May 6th. Uh, we have so many great costumes from Black Panther, everything, everywhere, all at once. We even have Bullet Train. One of our favorites, the Northman, is in there. Underrated yes. costumes, if you ask me. <laughs> yes, yes. Listen to our episode on the Northman. It is. Yeah. It is one of. It's a good one. <laughs> and up close, those costumes are just so stellar. Um, I'm obsessed with them. I feel like I need to make a last minute trip out there. I don't have money, but I'm like, it might be worth it to come see the museum <laughs> exhibit this year. Yeah, you, you got to make it happen. That'd be so fun. Um, also, I was at the Costume Designer Guild Awards. Um, so that was also fun. You know, it's it's been a little while since we recorded. It's been a whirlwind few weeks. <laughs> I know. I have a whole new haircut since the last time we recorded an actual episode. <laughs> I know. It looks great. I love the hair. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah it's been it's been crazy but i'm so excited that we finally get to get back into our sci-fi month it's been a little yes. while yes one of our favorite genres sci-fi spencer I, i'm like i'm so excited for this month i i wish Me it was too. like a full month but then we're gonna like roll right into star wars month so it's almost like a full like month yeah it's like we're extending our months. You know, we had Catherine Martin month, but then we also talked about Romeo and Juliet. So, you know, connected. But um, yeah, we love sci-fi. And actually, Elizabeth and I and Daniel, we were going back and forth on episodes. Like we have yeah. a list and it was a battle for these episodes. It was but I'm like pretty excited where we landed. Me too. Me too. Speaking of which, Spencer, what did we watch this week? We finally watched The Matrix. <laughs> yes, we did. Oh, my gosh. My dad was so excited when I was like, oh, yeah, I'm watching The Matrix for the, the podcast. He was like, oh, my gosh, I need to watch that with you. So I sat down with my dad and we had a lovely evening. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I've never seen The Matrix before. It's one of those movies where... Me either. 
I have to say, I was kind of being a little bit like a snob about it. I I say that I love sci-fi, but I've never seen The Matrix. But for some reason, I was like, well, I know The Matrix. They wear the trench coats and they do those cool backwards flips and stuff. Like, what? why do I need to see it? Bullet times in it. like Right. <laughs> then I watched it and I texted you and Daniel. I was like, this movie is actually really good. I was, I don't know how since 1999 that I didn't understand the plot and it's like actually a pretty well-written story. It's an extremely well-written story. I would say it's extremely relevant right now. Very relevant. Extremely a little too close for comfort relevant. (laughs) Exactly. And like this is one of those movies where because my dad's like a movie buff. He loves movies. Right. And this is one of those movies when he was showing it to my older siblings. I was like too young to watch it. So I just kind of like missed out on it that way. Not that I never wanted to watch it, but it was definitely one of those things. My dad was like, oh, I'll show you the Matrix one day. And it just never happened till now. And I was like, I feel like even two years ago, I wouldn't have appreciated it the way I did the other night watching it. Yeah. And I've. I don't know. I feel like I kind of became like a low-key Keanu Reeves fan because <laughs> I've you never weren't been. already. Oh my goodness, no, Spencer! I mean, <laughs> uh, but can we talk about Carrie Ann Moss as Trinity? I mean, that I knew. I was like, yes. this has Elizabeth Red all over this character. Yes. <laughs> Such a baddie. Literally, right at this. Is, I watched this right after I got my hair cut. And I was like, well, now I need to find some hair gel and like <laughs> sweep this do back so that I look like Trinity. <laughs> I have a, well, ex-friend, I would say, whose name was Trinity. And I briefly remember her telling me she was named after this character. Oh and back gosh. then I was like, okay, nerd. And now I'm like, it's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> I'm like, I, I get it. Like, I would do that. (laughs) I would do a child trinity. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. Let's get into it. There's a lot of great stuff to talk about. Yeah. Spencer, do you want to start us off with a summary? Sure. When shown that the reality he was raised in was a lie constructed to keep humanity enslaved, Neo sets out to bring down a matrix through the faith of his new friends. And that is the matrix in a very, very simple short sweet summary (laughs) we know who wrote the summary this week don't we spencer (laughs) it wasn't me (laughs) uh if you haven't seen the matrix go watch it i think it's on hbo max it's on one of the streaming services there are spoilers from here on out (laughs) and we are gonna go behind the wardrobe we have directors the wachowskis lana and lily with costume designer Kim Barrett. Kim. Uh, yeah, Kim's back. You will know her work from Romeo Juliet, which we did earlier in the season. From Hell, which we still need to do, Spencer. Monster-in-Law. <laughs> Aragon, whoa, for which whoa. she got a costume designer get awards nomination <laughs> the amazing spider-man speed racer which i think we should also do at some point yeah, uh, we'll that t- was a childhood <laughs> favorite of mine cloud atlas for she got another costume designer guild nomination aquaman another costume designer guild nomination us shang chi and the legend of the ten Rings, another Costume Design Guild Awards nomination. She's racking up those Guild nominations. She really is. And 
When talking to fashionista about The Matrix, Kim Barrett said, The Matrix, we were aspiring to what the world would become, which is happening now. Mm. (laughs) So true. (laughs) So depressing. (laughs) Thank you, Kim. (laughs) And we're going to take a little break before we dive back into The Matrix. Can't wait, I think. Are you ready to understand our new reality within the Matrix? Oh, you know I am. The Matrix. (laughs) Metaverse. (laughs) AI generated everything. (laughs) Oh, how horrifying is it? How horrifying is it? Literally, I was watching this movie in bed, as I told you. And when they mentioned like how AI basically started the destruction of mankind i like perked up in bed i was like wait what did they just say ai <laughs> like i literally saw a commercial for the metaverse today yeah. i was like <laughs> okay <laughs> but anyways we have some anyway, costumes to talk about back in 1999 they weren't quite aware of what was gonna happen just yet And Kim Barrett talked about creating the world of the Matrix to fashionista, saying, All I thought was, how can I make these worlds be real and be distinctive? It was all about how to create a language that the audience could clue into what we were trying to do subconsciously. So when the story began to reveal itself, it was already embedded in some way in the consciousness. Which I'm like, okay, some like subliminal messaging with the costumes. I get it. I get it. Right. I mean, I was fooled the first part of this film. I did not understand what was happening at all. Oh, I knew enough about the Matrix to know what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) Not me. (laughs) I just like, because I love when they're like, oh, we put, we set the Matrix to like the height of your technological advancement. Which was 1999. And I'm like, <laughs> in my head, I was like, okay, but like, yes, this is peak 90s. The Matrix <laughs> is peak 90s. Very 90s. It doesn't get more 90s than The Matrix. It doesn't, especially when it comes to fashion. Kim Barrett was telling Glamour, in our little bubble, trying to create a world, a distinctive world that wasn't really connected to the fashion at the time, it was the 90s and everything was bleak and monochromatic so i think without purposefully trying to use fashion as a touchstone i still subconsciously connected to it which is an interesting point too because it is science fiction and it does in a way feel futuristic to me but then at the same time it does still feel very 90s like it's grounded in that 90s sense of futuristic fashion which is really yeah. interesting it's it's not an easy task to accomplish i would say if you were to put this down on paper like what would that look like and somehow kim was able to just do it without even kind of like realizing they were doing it yeah especially when you think like okay the matrix is the height of the 90s 
And then the real world is just this small bit of humanity outside the matrix that is like struggling to survive. Right. It's very dirty. It actually reminded me of a small little film that I love called Alien, uh, where the yes. crew is just very kind of dirty. They're rewearing the same things all the time. Their whites aren't very white. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which was a real stark like contrast, especially, you know, it, it really rocked my world seeing the difference from the everyday world that Neo was living in. And then pop onto the ship. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What is happening yeah. here? <laughs> yeah. This, this kind of almost feels like today, like if their clothes were a little more, if their clothes were cleaner, I'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, I see these people like at the park. Like, yeah, it is they, kind of like not, a 2023 type fashion almost, I yeah. would say. It's very contemporary. But in just like a standard way, not high mm-hmm. fashion, just like what people wear out of the house to go to the grocery store. Right. <laughs> when talking about the real world, Kim said to Fashionista, the real world was a world of recycling. When somebody dies, their uniform gets washed and goes back in the closet of military clothes. Anything they have, they make out of recycled things that they find. And that is clear. That is very clear. Yeah, they're definitely recycling things, which, by the way, this feels like a good moment to just talk about sustainability and fashion and costume design. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I got I wish I knew where it was. I got the cutest little poster the other day that was all about like reusing and mending your clothes instead of getting rid of them. It's adorable. I can't. I'm gonna put it behind me at some yes, point. I'm very excited <laughs> to put it up because it's true. We shouldn't just be like throwing out our clothes when it has a little like rip in the seam. You can fix that. I almost threw out a pair of jeans and then I was like, "Wait, these are ripped at a place where I can just cut them into shorts, and now right. I don't have to worry about getting shorts this summer." <laughs> Fashion is such a major pollutant, and plus, think about what happens when AI does take over the world, and we mm-hmm. have to start reusing our clothes. Like, you should start learning those skills and talents today. Yeah. Why wait until the world's over? You know? No, that it'll be too late. Whether it's the <laughs> fungus apocalypse or AI <laughs> taking over, we're gonna need to learn how to take care of ourselves, people. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ooh. Moving on from the real world and into the Matrix, where fashion can be real fun. If you know you're in the Matrix, you yeah. can have a lot of fun with fashion. <laughs> I love that idea. That's such a fun concept. And Kim said about each character to fashionista, when they go into the Matrix, they create their persona, which is how they see themselves. So that was a chance to have a little bit of fun. So they're essentially creating avatars for themselves. If yeah. <laughs> that's what we're getting at here. <laughs> Which I love, like, especially like here, it's we have a picture up where it's Morpheus, um, played by Lawrence Fishburne in the foreground. And he just he has such like a sleek look, but then like this green tie. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, he definitely sees himself as like creating the future of humanity 
<laughs> he loves like a big flashy tie and I respect that. You know, and I, I like know this costume from years, you know, of mm-hmm. course. Oh, but yeah. then when you see the context of it, you're like, that's super fun. He's oh yeah. He lives in that dumpy ship. So then he gets into the matrix. He's like, I'm gonna wear this swagged out trench coat, a big party tie, the sickest glasses, which I don't understand how they stay on his head, but all of it is just fantastic. Oh yeah. And let's talk about those glasses. Because they're all incredible. Kim talked a lot to Fashionista about these glasses, saying uh, they were commissioned by Barrett uh, from indie designer Richard Walker, whose line Blind Design was then sold at high-end retailers like Barney's New York to handcraft each pair. Since body scan technology wasn't available then, each actor had to sit through the arduous plaster head cast session. What? <laughs> Walker then built glasses per Barrett's illustrations to custom fit each of the actor's measurements and bone structures. That, okay. That's wild. I guess I've never thought about how sunglasses are made. Is this a regular process? Because that is that sounds wild. And I love that sense of detail because I thought they would just go to the store and buy some round glasses. No, Richard Walker (laughs) is a high end sunglasses designer who creates (laughs) customized pieces per person. And they are gorgeous. Yeah. I love the personalization of them. Kid, Kim said to Fashionista, they wouldn't create a pair of sunglasses that could fit on 500 other people. They would create something that only fit them. Everything was customized. Which it's like, yeah, when you're entering the Matrix, you're not thinking about what everybody else is wearing. You're like, right. what am I wearing? You're not wearing the same brand because the same brands don't exist in each other's minds. Yeah. And she also said that they only had two to three pairs for each actor because, quote, Richard could only work so fast and he handmade them all himself. <laughs> That's scary. You usually have multiples right? for all these costumes. But if you drop these glasses, you're down one out of two pairs of glasses. That's pretty scary. Right. I'm like, I bet good that thing was... there's no action in this film. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. None at all. None at all. Nothing. No. No situations where they could break really easily. <laughs> I'm like, I, those better have been like the cast gift to the actors. One of the pairs. If they had no to sit way. through the process of, if they had to sit through the process of getting like a cast of their head in plaster, like <laughs> it better. That better have been, if I was there, I was like, I want that. I had to like almost <laughs> die to get these made. <laughs> that would be great. But I'm sure like, Morpheus's glasses must be like in a Smithsonian or some museum somewhere. They're just so Probably. iconic. They definitely, definitely are. Or Lawrence Fishburne walks around the house wearing them, which would also be pretty cool. I think I like that idea. Because yeah, if I were him, I would be doing that to this day. <laughs> <laughs> just 20 plus years later, walking around <laughs> any time of the day. Yeah. <laughs> A another iconic part of the Matrix is the glossy, glossy vinyl fabrics that they use. And when talking about this look, Kim said to Glamour, 
the first time I read the script, I felt like the Matrix was a shadow world and people would disappear and reappear. So they needed to have an oil slicked, high contrast, reflective look as though you were tricked. Is she there? Is she not there? Mm, that's a cool idea because it is very right? dark and not only can they disappear or not disappear, but they have to pick up on camera too, which is a really fascinating thought. I love that. Yeah. I also, she also mentioned in like a couple of the interviews because they had a very limited budget on this and it is not a limited budget concept no. <laughs> for the matrix. <laughs> not at all. And, um, she said, cause I think somebody asked her if like, some of these costumes still existed and she wasn't sure because <laughs> she was like, they're made out of like the cheapest, like vinyl fabric and that like that stuff just disintegrates over time. Right. Yeah. She's like, we weren't thinking about the longevity of the costume. We were thinking about what could we afford and still achieve the look we wanted. <laughs> Had no idea to turn into this huge, huge franchise, but yeah. Four plus movie, four movies. Yeah. I was obsessed with their looks. I I mean, of course, a black trench coat look is such like an iconic look, but seeing it iconic. actually in action, I mean, it's so cool. It's so sci-fi. It's so kind of like a little bit noir a little bit. It's kind oh, of yeah. goth. It's a little emo. It's edgy. It's badass at the same time. It. I don't know how this simple black reflective look is able to transcend so many different categories for me. It's really iconic. Absolutely. It really is. And it's it's funny because it's like, I feel like by 1999, the black trench coat within like 90 society was already like kind of established for good and bad. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the Matrix almost like reset it. And like, that's what I feel like a lot of like kind of like emo goth kids took into the 2000s. Right. <laughs> the Matrix, Matrix reclaimed. Look. <laughs> the Matrix reclaimed the trench coat. <laughs> yes. Uh, when talking about the trench coats, Kim said to Fashionista, they can move in an almost gravity-defying way. They can jump across buildings. They can almost fly. I wanted to find a modern version of something that could move like a cape. So that's Bingo. where the coats were born. Exactly. Okay. That's what I was thinking. It felt like when they would jump from building to building, it did feel like a cape, almost like a superhero type moment. That Absolutely. Is pretty awesome. I'm obsessed. And they were really like comparing them to like a lot of mythological heroes, uh, like Ajax. And um, I always have a, such a hard name, a hard time with this name, a Meganon from like Greek mythology. Agamemnon. Agamemnon. Thank you, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> like Ajax and Agamemnon from, I believe that's like Greek mythology. Um, but it really, really makes them superheroes, those jackets. Like that is what makes them look the superhero part. Right. And it still stands true to like today. Like if I were to see these costumes today, I wouldn't think that they were dated to me. No, absolutely not. It's I like that they did kind of establish like a cool kid, like emo goth look that is like a touchstone to today. Exactly. But yeah, I feel like that's kind of like an established look in our modern society that I've 
personally really appreciate. I also really appreciated uh, the character of Switch and all all the female characters in the Matrix. Yes, it. This was actually like it's. It really blew my mind. It is such like a strong film for women. It feels very yes. feminist to me. I mean, it was written and directed by women too, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. like. I had no idea. And that was so cool. And it really showed in the film. Switch was such a great character. And I love that Switch is wearing white too, which was beyond baddie level. Yes. And I so like, I love the character of Switch. According to like the lore of the Matrix, Switch was supposed to be gender fluid, male in the real world, female in the Matrix. Mm. But the studio, it sounds like, kind of squashed that idea. Oh, wow. Shocking. Did that bother some people in the 90s? (sighs) Apparently. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So we get a much more androgynous character in Switch. And uh, when talking about that, Kim said to Fashionista, people can take from it what they need to complete the jigsaw puzzle. I never feel like it's my job to teach anyone anything through what people are wearing. I just wanted McCrory to look good and feel confident, mm-hmm. which it looks like she does. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know too much about the story, but if they felt, you know, confident through this costume, then I think Kim did a brilliant job. I mean, it really looked great on screen. I thought it was so interesting that against all the other cast members who were always wearing black, that Switch was always wearing white. And I just thought that that made Switch stand out in such like a strong, powerful way. It was kind of inspiring, actually. Switch really carried parts of this film for me. I Yeah, I love Switch, especially because Switch was kind of like the head bodyguard, I felt mm-hmm. like, for everybody else. So you would think like they'd be in like darker colors, but... No, Kim put her in this bright white. And I love it. It just kind of puts her out there. Right. (laughs) Another strong woman character. We have Trinity. Dude, Trinity was, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) I did not expect to like Trinity. Love Trinity. Like. Love Trinity. She was giving very strong Elizabeth vibes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, Kim talked to Glamour about Trinity saying, I think Trinity resonates the most because she's what we want feminism to be. She's revolutionary. She doesn't give up on her beliefs. She stands up to convention and against those who are trying to take away humanity. And she's also super feminine in how she dresses. I think the strength of the women in the Matrix is being highlighted in the same way it's being highlighted in women in society today. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. She, It did feel very current in a way that Trinity was portrayed in this film. And, you know, her costumes weren't like too revealing or anything. I yeah. didn't feel like it was relying on sex appeal. It just felt like she was very strong, but still feminine. Her silhouette still felt like she was giving her enough support to be able to do all these, you know, stunts and action So I just really felt like Trinity, not just the actress and the character, but the costume really did what had to do in supporting Carrie Ann as she took on this character. I thought it was really great. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I just love Carrie Ann Moss's performance because she's not just like, oh, I'm badass all the time. Like she like has emotion and shows that and isn't afraid to like have faith in other people, which I feel like strong characters in general, they're kind of like they're always like loners. But she's like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm here with other people. We can only get through this together. So I really appreciated that. But even like her sexiest looks, which I really loved this fitted bodice with I don't know if it's piping or pleating. Mm-hmm. Like that's like her sexiest look, but it's still very covered up. Like it's still not like unbelievable that she could like chase somebody down in this. Right. Always very conventional. And I loved her glasses too. I love like the round shape yes. of her unique glasses there because uh, they're just so unique. They're not like regular mm-hmm. circular glasses. These ones have a unique shape and I don't know. I kind of want some. I know. I'm, they're like they're like if somebody squished aviators. <laughs> I almost feel like like if someone like squished them into ovals. They kind of remind me of like bug eyes in a cool way. Yeah, but she she is definitely like I feel like the style icon <laughs> of this yes, movie for sure. We also have Neo played by the incredible Keanu Reeves, which I cannot believe you were not a Keanu Reeves fan. Before this movie, Spencer. I just don't... I haven't seen a lot of Keanu Reeves films. Like, the one that I think of the most is Bram Stoker's Dracula, (laughs) which, not to be a hater, but Keanu Reeves isn't the best part of that film. No. (laughs) I did really like him in this, though. I thought he was great. I've never seen John Wick. I'm just going to say, I've never seen John Wick. Neither have I. So then what else is he in that I'm missing? He's he's in, like... (laughs) He's in a lot. He's in one of my personal favorite movies, which is Much Much Ado About Nothing from 1994 with Kenneth Branagh. He plays like the baddie in that. And then, oh my gosh, he's in this, hold on, he's in this really adorable movie with the mom from Stranger Things. Winona Ryder? Yeah, with the Winona Ryder. <laughs> That's not when, what I'd refer as, but go ahead. That was the first thing that popped into my head. It's like it's like a like just like a silly rom com destination wedding. Okay. Yeah, it is this silly little rom com oh. uh, that the two of them star in, and it's so adorable. The movie I'm thinking of that everyone's seen is Speed. I've never seen Speed. I'm sorry. I've never seen Speed either. He's in Speed? <laughs> yeah. It's, that's like one of his big movies. Oh my gosh. There's so many people listening right now. They're he like smashing their speed. heads. On I the was dashboard. thinking of something else. <laughs> <laughs> Keanu, you're like, how if do you you're... not know? If you're listening to this, we would happily have you on the podcast so we could talk about your legendary career. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) Anyway, getting back to Neo and the Matrix. Back to Neo. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) sir. Uh, No, I thought Keanu Reeves did an incredible job in this film. I was like quickly a fan of his in this film. I thought he did great. I love how up until the end, his costumes kind of like morph to what people expect him to be because he doesn't have a real strong self sense of self till the end of it and i really appreciated that and kim was talking about his character kind of archetype to fashionista saying i was trying subconsciously to braid a bunch of ancient stories about the one 
It embodies that new strength and resolve, even though he's afraid. The coat gives the audience a visual feeling that Neo has gone from being the confused acolyte into taking on his power. While it doesn't relate to one religion or culture, I wanted it to feel like a special thing you can take upon yourself when you're trying to start the quest. Uh, Yeah, so that moment when we see Neo and Trinity like show up to like that final fight scene. That's such a let's go moment. I couldn't believe they both look so good. Neo looks like the one. Like I was like, oh yeah, I guess he is the one. (laughs) Yeah. Because I I, like the Oracle was like, I don't know about this guy. He showed up to that scene ready to go. And I was like, yeah, team Neo. He's He's such a badass. (laughs) Trinity convinced him. He's the one. (laughs) Yeah. He convinced me too. So good. And yeah, I love that his suit just feels, you know, they're all wearing like these kind of trench coat looks, but his still feels very unique to him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's because his isn't flashy. It's not flashy the way the other ones are, which is what I guess makes him stand out. Mm -hmm. And just like the length was perfect. He's like zipping around. And I love the movement of the coats when he's doing that. The famous scene I finally was able to see today in person when he flips backwards. Didn't realize he actually gets hit in like the leg or something. Yeah. (laughs) He's not unharmed, but he's like fine. Yeah. (laughs) He just kind of (laughs) shook it off. But uh, yeah, it was such a cool moment. I was thoroughly entertained and the costume just really adds to it absolutely and with that we have the continuing impact the matrix and the glamour interview kim bear did was in 2018 when it looked like fashion was really uh taking a lot of influence from the matrix she said to glamour I think one of fashion's greatest attributes is that it can track and predict the revolution that's coming. I see echoes of today in the matrix, which I think is really cool. It's really great to have people see how I saw the world. And I'm happy that this movie stands the test of time. I'm really proud to have been part of it. Oh yeah. I mean, it is great. I mean, the Matrix does stand the test of time and you can see it in today's fashion all the time. I think that's really why I love costume designers. Costume designers are like today's influencers, but they just they influence the way people dress in real mm-hmm. life, runway shows, television shows, films that like aren't even related to the film. This costume really just has such an influential power. And Kim Barrett is one of the most influential costume designers alive. Yeah. Can we just talk about the agents for a little bit? How sad I was oh, that Hugo Weaving wasn't on my team this time. Right? <laughs> I was so sad. Hugo Someone... Weaving was the bad guy, Spencer. Hugo was Weaving some, was the bad guy. Some bullshit. And he looked like a bad guy, too. It was so unsettling. I was ready for some Elrond to save the day. As soon as I saw Hugo, I was like, oh, no. This Agent Smith guy. I love that they made all the agents wearing, like, just these plain suits because when I think yes. of like the suit, the way they did it, it's almost like that, like that corporate suit guy who's coming to like lay people off and make yes. bad decisions for companies. So the fact that they're just put in that plain suit, I thought that was a really cool costume moment. You know, exactly. And I mean, his name says everything you need to know about him. He's agent Smith. He's like 
nobody but everybody right. all at the same time. Yeah. Like he is the AI trying to Ugh. destroy everything. Like what are the like what do the AI do with their free time though? Um, I guess just farm humans and make batteries out of them. I mean Yeah, but to what end? I guess yeah, I guess that's their work. What do they do in their recreational time? I like, mean, are probably... they healing parts of the world to one day let humanity like select parts of humanity back? Like Absolutely not. That's true. <laughs> that's that's me being like, ooh. AI, these little squiddy robots have their own squid robot society where they're going to college and they're watching movies about, you know. Like, do you think they have their own matrix where they, they live like humans? I don't know. You're frying my brain right now. That's what I, this is my question. Wachowskis, what? Does the matrix? Maybe we need to watch the rest of the movies before we ask right. this question. Yeah, we have like two hundred more matrixes to watch, but we'll report back. Um, can I also just say that the part where Neo is born into the real world actually like was unsettling? And I text Elizabeth and Daniel, and I was like, "What, uh, what, what am I watching right now?" And Daniel was like. Just chill. He's being born. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, LOL. Yeah, it's crazy. And Daniel was like, he's being reborn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That makes sense. He's no longer a baby battery. That's cool. Mm -mm. And with that, we have come to the end of the Matrix. All right, Elizabeth, are you ready to play our favorite game? Even though I have a feeling it's probably not going to be very long. <laughs> I am Spencer. Hit it, Daniel. The one costume to rule them all. All right, Elizabeth, what is your one costume to rule them all? My one costume to rule them all is Trinity's final look. The chic vinyl tank top. The mm. skinny, skinny pants before skinny jeans were a thing. The big bulky boots. The sunglasses, the slicked back haircut. She is strong. She is confident and she is chic. What more could you want? I, it's so funny they picked this look because this look is the most quintessential Elizabeth look <laughs> that I could compare it to. <laughs> like Elizabeth loves a black tank top with skinny jean and these type of glasses and short hair. This is Elizabeth, everybody. I mean, it is <laughs> the resemblance is uncanny and I'm kind of freaking myself out right now. That's a good I choice, mean, Elizabeth. I definitely put together our look or two or that's not too far off from this with my combat yeah. boots. Yeah, maybe I would just like put in some blue jeans or something, dark blue jeans and it's Elizabeth. Um, my one costume to rule them all is also Trinity. I just picked like her classic black trench coat look from the end where she's Iconic. just kicking ass left and right. I don't even know whose asses she's kicking. I just know that I like it and I could watch it all day long. Absolutely. I love the movement in her coat. I love her hair. I mean, I'm not a big gun person, but just all these big ass guns on her. Like <laughs> all of it is just right. I'm just such right? a fan. <laughs> there's never a moment where you look at Trinity and you're like, oh man, she looks like she's going through it. You just always are like, I'm going to hang out with her because I know I'm going to make it. <laughs> yeah. No, you're going to make it through if Trinity's with you. 
If you have a different one costume to rule them all for the Matrix, you can hit up our voicemail at 626-515-1826 or email us at theartofcostumeblogcast at gmail.com. Spencer, what are we watching next week? I am very excited about next week's episode because we're somehow watching another classic sci-fi film that I've never seen before and Elizabeth's kind of seen before. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We are talking about a classic film from the 80s, Blade Runner. I don't know if you all have ever heard of it. (laughs) It, This film has been such an influence on fashion and costume for decades now, and I'm so excited to get into it. I finally saw it and I love it. But thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod. On TikTok at the Art of Costume, you can see clips from the show on there. Maybe you'll see a comparison of Elizabeth and Trinity somehow put together on TikTok. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, (laughs) If you need some Art of Costume broadcast merch, head to the artofcostume.com slash pod store. Maybe we should look into getting some like Art of Costume Blogcast trench coats. I don't know. We'll look Ooh. into it. <laughs> Leave the, us a five The logo star. embroidered on the back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like vinyl. <laughs> and as always, please, please, please leave us a five-star text review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Yes, it does. Everybody, thank you for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. I think someone just knocked on my door. Did someone just knock on my door? <laughs> hey. Yeah. What is it? You have the vacuum. I do have the vacuum. It's behind the door. Oh, Elizabeth has the vacuum. I have the ma- the vacuum. I stole it. Uh, no, I just forgot to put it in its proper place. Um. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, probably probably gonna make the bloopers. <laughs> <laughs>